0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank podcast. We love God, love people, and love our city. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. Family, it is now my honor and pleasure to introduce to you our speaker for today, Adam Mabry. Adam is a pastor of Every Nation in Boston in Massachusetts. He is also married to Hope, and they have four beautiful children. Adam has written some great books. One of them we've been using for this series, The Art of Rest. Another book that is recently written is Stop Taking Sides. And there's a link on our YouTube channel and Facebook channel. You can click there to be able to get to the books. So let's open up our hearts to hear what God has for us with Adam. I want to mention one thing about Adam, who is a... Perpetual learner. He has a master's in theology and currently studying a PhD towards uh, theology. A great teacher of the word, a great father, a great husband. Welcome, Adam Mabry.
1: What's up, Every Nation family? It's so good to be virtually with you. Um, my name is Adam Avery, and I'm really, really honored that I get to be part of your uh, church experience there uh, and in Every Nation Rosebank and wherever you're watching from, whatever part of Africa or whatever part of the world. I'm really honored and excited to get to unpack God's word with you today. I am uh, thrilled to be a part of our Every Nation family and thrilled to know personally um, Pastor Simon and Pastor Roger and, and many of the great leaders who serve you there. And so, we're trusting God, we're praying for you in this strange season that can make us all feel anxious and tangled up and, and restless, and, and that's actually what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about the art of rest and how we practice it in the middle of a weird and totally unexpected season, like a global pandemic. So, if you have a Bible, I'd like to invite you to open it to the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28. Uh, I will read, we will pray, and then God is going to speak to us by faith. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 says this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light let's pray god thank you for the scriptures thank you god for every man every woman every child watching and participating in this online church experience lord you know what they're all facing you know the economic challenges the physical health challenges the mental and emotional health challenges god the the way our current global moment is tearing at our unity and all of the anxiety that that produces in us. Lord, I pray that by a miracle of the Holy Spirit, you would diffuse anxiety for peace, and you would help us, God, to come to you and to hear this invitation as we ought, the invitation from Jesus to come and practice the art of rest. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder how when the pandemic hit you responded. Cause here's how I responded. I got to work. I remember, um, I was out of town and they came back in on a Monday and we were like, we're having church. And then by the following day on Tuesday, we we're like, we're definitely not having church for a while. And we loaded up all of our gear and, and got it out of one of our buildings. And, and we got to work. I, I, Created a, a, a makeshift recording studio in, in the basement of my house, uh, which I'm, I'm not currently in. Uh, currently, you know, next to a window. Finally, in, in my own office, and, um, and 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 I just I, I went to work. I got our team to work, and, and and we hustled. And and maybe maybe you're like that. Maybe when things become unpredictable or the world seems like it's falling apart, you you get to work. Um, Or maybe you you tend to do the the opposite. When anxiety hits, we we either fight or flee, usually. And so I I tend to be a fighter, but perhaps you're watching this and you get a little apoplectic in your soul and you kind of lock up and and maybe you just watched a ton of Netflix and and held your couch down for the last few months. Um, uh, Either way, I I want to show you today how Jesus' invitation to come and practice the art of rest is important and how we might not be hearing it quite the way he said it. So let's remind ourselves of what he said. He said, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I want to show you a few ways that we mishear Jesus. And then I want to show you how we should hear Jesus. And finally, how you can hear Jesus when thinking about his invitation to come and practice the art of rest. So the first way I I am inclined to mishear Jesus in this text, come come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, I'm inclined to hear him say, come to me when you're done. Come to me when you're done. When you're done working, when you're done kind of achieving, when you're done getting everything in order, that's when I'll let you come to me and so so very often in my life it's I'm too busy to pray or I'm I've got too much to do that I need to rush through my time with the Lord or I need to rush through this um, moment with another person because I, I've got to get the job done I don't know if you who are watching this right now are familiar with uh, strengths finders, but it's a it's a tool to understand one's kind of psychometric makeup. Uh, all of my strengths except for one are oriented toward achievement, and the one that isn't is oriented toward thinking. <laughs> so, so I I have a very hard time not coming to Jesus when when I feel done. But but that's not what he said. He said, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden." Listen, the global pandemic and the ensuing um, the ensuing crises of, of political unrest and mental health, um, uh, unwellness and economic downturn, all of those things produce in, in us a heaviness, a, a, a burdened nature, a, and the emotional experience of anxiety. And some of you, like me, respond... To Jesus' invitation like, okay, Jesus, I'll I'll come to you as soon as I'm done doing my thing, as soon as I'm done working, as soon as I'm done sorting things out. And when I do that, I am really exalting my own ability to get stuff done at the expense of my embracing of God's sovereignty. Let me show you what I mean. When uh, Moses was given the Sabbath commandment, uh, the, the Torah records actually that twice. So the first time is in the book of Exodus when, when Moses went up the mountain, got the Ten Commandments. And then the second time is in the book of Deuteronomy. So I want to read to you from, um, from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, uh, verses 8 through 11. And we'll see in Exodus chapter 20 the way, um, the way this commandment was, was given to, to Moses. Listen as we, as we turn there in Exodus chapter 20. He says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Did you hear what the author of Exodus said after the word for? He's saying, listen, I want you to rest weekly because God is the maker and sustainer and doer of the universe. Not Adam Mabry and not you. Some of you in the pandemic have have turned up the hustle. And listen, there's a part of that that's that's good. God, God wants us to do good work. But if you've been working so hard that you're not resting in God, then you're denying yourself the regular opportunity to remember that you are not the sovereign achiever and doer and sustainer of all things. God is. And if you don't allow yourself to remember, you will forget. And, and I can forget. We can all forget. Which is why God built in this invitation to come and practice the art of rest. Now, that's one way some of you mishear the art of rest. Come, come to me when you're done. But, but some of you mishear it the other way. Come, come to me when you're good, and then I'll give you rest. Come to me when you feel like I'm present with you, when you feel like I'm happy happy with you, when you feel in worship, when you get the the liver quiver, you know, the little leg shake in in worship that that might be the Holy Spirit or it might be just really well-mixed sound in the room. when, When you feel like it, when you feel good, that's when you're allowed to rest. But that's also not what Jesus says. He says, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, burdened by anything, burdened maybe externally by the situation of a global pandemic, or maybe you're burdened internally by the guilt you feel about something you've done, or the, the, moral, um, the moral shame that you're walking around with by, by something that's been done to you, or a situation in which you find ourselves, and you say, no, no, I can't come to Jesus right now because I'm not good enough, friend. We're never good enough. That's the whole point of him coming it's not so that we can, you know, meet, a, meet him halfway. He, he's not a God who helps those who help themselves. That's not in your Bible. He's the God who comes to the overworked, the stressed out, and the morally bankrupt and corrupt, the abuser and the abused, the broken and the breaker, uh, the, the racist and the victim of racism, the, the classist and the victim of the classist structure. He's, he's the one who comes for both of them and says, I love you and invite you into my rest right where you are. Maybe you think I'm just making this up. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, the Torah records two times uh, that, uh, that we're given this command to rest. The first time was in Exodus 20, but the second time was in Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, starting in, in verse 12. So let's read that version of the Sabbath command. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Okay, so far it's the same, but now listen to the difference. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Do you hear the difference? In the first instance, we're asked to rest, to remember that God is sovereign and and the accomplisher of all the things. But in the second instance, we're invited to rest because God is the Savior and He's the one who rescues us when we're not good enough and when we're under the boot of some oppressor or when we feel all locked up from either spiritual warfare or maybe the things that are being done to us in the real and natural world. He is inviting us to rest in him, not when our situation is good, but precisely when it's not good, to remember he's the only one who by grace makes it good. So this is how we here Jesus' invitation to come and practice the art of rest. We, we think we're supposed to come when we're done, or maybe come when we're good. But, th- but there's a third one that's, that's gaining popularity, which is sounds something like this. Come to Jesus, but find rest somewhere else. C- come come to, to Christ, but don't think you're going to find rest with him. And, and when we do that, we're, we are making Jesus into the kind of God that he expressly says he is not. Now now think about this. We understand the Ten Commandments and we understand the gospel because we've been given this this Bible and we've we've had it. But if you were living in the ancient Near East, if you were an Israelite, you you couldn't read, and and you didn't have this leather-bound library of God's Word, you only had the stories that were told to you. And one of the biggest, most common stories about God or the gods that was floating around the ancient Near East was that the universe was made by this cosmic war and that humans were an accidental outcome of that, but the gods have enslaved humans to feed them so that they could live in constant luxury. And when you and I think that we can't find rest with Jesus, we're confusing the true savior of the world with the false tribal deity of ancient Mesopotamia. It's false gods who demand you work endlessly so they can rest constantly, but it's the true God, the God who made the world and who sustains the world and who saves the world, who invites you to come and rest with him. Some of you have replaced serving Jesus with knowing him and 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 if you're like that, I, I just want to say it like guilty as church i I know what it's like to get. Serving him, confused with knowing him and enjoying his presence. But my friends, come and rest with him is is the invitation of the gospel by grace through faith. Now, for some of you, you don't want to rest with him because he doesn't seem all that restful. You've mistaken church as a thing to do. And what a gift this pandemic moment has been for all of us who are confused that way so that we wouldn't become confused anymore because there's a whole lot less to do. There's a whole lot less, you know, church activities because many of us can't even go there. Or maybe we're just starting to go back. But right now, he's wanting to remind us that he is good, that he doesn't need us, but that he invites us, by grace, into the art of rest, by, by trusting Jesus. So it's not "Come when you're done, and it's not come when you're good," and it's not "Come and find rest somewhere else." Jesus says, uh, "I am the one who finished it." Remember, at the cross he says, "It is finished." For, for those of you who think it's come, you know, when when you're good and you've got everything sorted out, re- remember that Jesus is the one who said there's only one who's good. There's only one, and then it's not you or me. And, and for those of you who think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work for Jesus, but find rest somewhere else. Remember that he said he is the Lord of rest, the God of Sabbath. That's him. So this is how we mishear Jesus. Now, what might it look like? How, how could you tell if, if you're being marked by an by saying yes to the invitation to the art of rest. Well, let me give you uh, a, a little bit of a, a comparison, and, uh, and and for this I, I'm going to have to employ a chart. I, I love a good chart. If you're restful, you have margin, but the restless are marked by being frantic and frenetic all the time. Restful people also uh, are, are paced, but the rested are marked by uh, I'm sorry, restful people are, are paced, but the frantic are, are marked by being hurried. Right? Are you hurried? Are you rushing? people through life. Are you rushing yourself through life? I, I've been guilty of that. Restful people are, are marked by moments of quiet and quietude, but restless people are marked by noisiness and clamoring all the time. If you're restful, you'll notice a, uh, that you've got deep relationships, but restlessness leads to isolation because if you're constantly doing, you're never really knowing and being known and relationships are what we're made for restful people are uh, marked by a delight you ever been around someone who's like truly rested and happy in Jesus they're sort of like a, a bug light you just want to be around them but restless people are are marked by uh, d- distraction we we get we get these devices out right we we pull we pull our, our phone out and and we find ourselves on it so that we can be online and chase the red dot of you know someone liking something that we've we've posted or something, but that's not the same as deep relationships and, and knowing someone. That's not delight. That's just distraction. Restful people are marked by enjoyment, but the restless are marked by envy. How about this one? I find this one convicting. Restful people are marked by gratitude, but the restless are marked by greed. Uh, when I find in myself this this inability to be satisfied and I, I need more stuff or I need to get online or I need to constantly look over at my neighbor's stuff and see if I... That, that shows me that there's anxiety in my soul, and anxiety is what unbelief feels like, not faith. How about this one? Restful people are marked by trust, but restless people are marked by anxiety, as I mentioned. Restful people are marked uh, as working from love, but the restless work for it. Friends, that's a whole teaching series by itself. Are, are you working so that God will approve of you or, or that others will? Well, that's a good sign that you've not learned to rest in Jesus. Finally, restful people are marked by contributing, but the restless are marked by constantly accumulating and taking. See, see, restless people are, are fundamentally not very evangelistically fruitful because who wants to be like the restless? Have you ever been around someone who's stressed out and anxious and been like, well, I want to be like that guy? No. <laughs> but have you ever been around someone who's truly at peace and at rest with God and themselves? They, you you want to be around them. Some of you know Pastor Jim LaFoon. I love him. Uh, he's, he's like, a, he is a spiritual father me. He's, he's like a dad. And um, I, I don't know anyone who carries more burdens and, and, and does more things than Pastor Jim, who, who pastors more people and knows the difficulty and deep things of more people's souls. So he's got all the excuse in the world to be restless. Yet when I'm around him and when some of you have been around him, You just want to be around him more because he and his wife, Kathy, are marked by the peace and restfulness of God. Why? Because they've fostered the practice of the art of rest in God's presence. So we've learned how we misunderstand or mishear um, the invitation to practice the art of rest. And and we've seen now like a self-diagnostic. So what would it look like to change and to embrace, to say yes to Jesus' invitation? I'll give you more of that. So we've learned what it means to... uh, take a self-diagnosis of whether or not we can practice or we are practicing the art of rest, and we learned how we mishear Jesus' invitation to the art of rest. So what would it look like now to change, to pivot, and to begin embracing the art of rest and to say yes to the invitation of King Jesus? Well, for some of you, it means coming to Jesus. Some of you watching this have been really restless for the last few months because you're coming to understand that you don't actually know Christ. You've done a lot of church things. You have a praying grandma. You like to get dressed up on Sundays and you do the things of Christianity, but you don't know him. You're not walking closely in an abiding relationship with King Jesus and that is scaring you. Well, good, because that's the experience one must have just before one gives their whole life over to Jesus. So for some of you, resting in Jesus first means coming to Jesus. Remember, He's the God who invites you to come practice the art of rest, not so that you'll get saved or not so that you'll go to heaven, but because He's already Done the work to rescue us. He's already gone to the cross. He's already been raised from the dead. He's already given us the Holy Spirit. He's already given us the Word. He's already given you pastors and group leaders and elders and staff and people who love you. That's why you're even watching this right now. He's already done everything by grace for you to rescue you. You simply have to come and repent of your restless wandering and religious doing and say, Yes, Jesus, I I I want come to you. For for another group of you, it it means not not just coming to Jesus, but abiding with him. Some of you, as Paul wrote in Galatians, you started off well, but who bewitched you? Who told you that following Christ was about doing things other than Jesus? Right now, there are whole um, opportunities to add to the gospel. Some of you are so involved in politics that it's added this anxious Gnosticism to your faith. What do I mean by that? you've said, well, I'm a Christian, but now I've got to do all these things to make the world a better place, or I've got to do all these things to make God accept me, or I've got to do all these things to get da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And listen, to be a follower of Jesus means to trust God by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, all found in the gospel alone, for the glory of God alone. We don't add anything to our gospel, because when we do, it's no longer the gospel and it stresses us out and doesn't produce for us the fruit of gospel fidelity. What might you be adding to the gospel? Is it overwork? Is it acquiescence to some political movement or, or the pledge of allegiance to something or someone other than King Jesus? My friend, this is the time right now to get things back into order, into priority, to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to these things. A-, a third practice I want you to embrace is to reschedule your life. Like, reschedule it. Some of you, you need to pull out your calendar and put down when you're going to take a break. Now, I'm not a Sabbatarian. I don't think that it's a sin if you don't take a Sabbath once a week. But just because it's not sin doesn't mean it ain't stupid. Like, the Bible has a Sabbath commandment in there. Jesus did this. Paul did this. Peter did this. Maybe you should do this. Like, maybe you need to. I need to. See, we, we all understand that tithing, giving giving God the first fruits of our work, is is in the economy of God, the way we walk in a blessed life. If it's true with money, don't you think it's true with time? Time is money after all. If we sow time into restfulness with Jesus and abiding with Jesus, we will reap and reap and reap and reap and reap and reap. And that's the, that's the final invitation. I, I want to invite you to raise your faith, to reap the reward of your restfulness. So that when you come to your Sabbath, mine tends to be on Fridays, when I come to Fridays, I don't come like barely making it across the line, but, but receiving that day as a reward, not because I did a good job that week, but because I serve a good God who gives me his rest no matter what kind of job I did. Why? Because Jesus says, come to me, all who are wearied and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light and with me, you will find rest for your souls. So that's when I wanna pray over you tonight. Father, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you, God, for every nation. I thank you, God, for the movement of our churches in Southern Africa. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing there. Lord, I know that there are people within the sound of my voice who feel stressed and restless, and I'm asking you right now to dislodge whatever false belief or false emotion is keeping them in bondage to their overwork and deliver them from that right now, that they might say yes to practicing the art of rest and come out of this pandemic moment the most attractive, the most godly, the most saturated with the peace of heaven kind of people that have ever walked the streets of their cities so that when they do, and the world is freaking out about how to get back to normal, they might be ministers of peace. As Isaiah says, How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the good news. Lord, bless them and help them today in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you, Pastor Adam, for that amazing word. What an encouragement and what a a reminder in season uh, for us to find our source of rest. Uh, I pray this over all of you. Uh, that we would all operate from a place of rest, uh, that we would know who our source of rest is, uh, that it would be uh, uh, dictated by the right spirit. Um, I pray uh, that we would all um, have the privilege and the grace of entering into the rest of God. You know, the rest of God is a a blessing that God bestows on us. Uh, I'm reminded of Jesus who who made this proclamation that all who are weary could come to Him and they could receive from Him, eat and drink and and be refreshed. And and that is not just an invitation for those of us who are in relationship uh, with Jesus to come and receive refreshing when we are feeling burnt out. That is an invitation for every single person who would uh, escape from the burdens of this world, To take on the yoke of Jesus because the yoke of Jesus he promises that it is light so I want to pray for you if you don't know Jesus you're not in a relationship with him you've never had the opportunity to surrender your life to him or perhaps you have at some point but really there is no relationship to speak of because you've drifted so far from that commitment that you once made I want to facilitate a moment, uh, if you will, uh, an invitation uh, to a pl- to find that place of rest again, that if you would lay down your own strengths, your own burdens, your own yoke, your own ways of doing things, and even just that mindset of, of, of the hustle, busy, busy, busy. I have to keep going and I have to make things happen. I want to tell you it's tiring. It's tired me out and I'm glad that it got me to the place where I was able to surrender my life to Jesus. And I want to afford you the same opportunity today. So if that is you, you've been running hard, you've been trying to make things happen on your own, you you consider yourself an an artist of the hustle, Uh, you're you're operating in your own strength, You're you're running your own race, you're trying to make things happen, but things have just not been happening. Maybe you even feel like you're at the brink of burning out and giving up. There is hope for you. Because Jesus invites us into a place of rest. That if you would take his burden, his yoke, and give up your burden and your yoke, you would find that his burden is actually light. And when we walk with him, and when our faith is in him, and we allow him to lead us, then we find that he brings us into a place of rest that we operate from rest that that, that our nature is one that is rested uh, and and, and in a state of peace if you would enjoy these pleasures this, this invitation if you'd respond to this invitation that Jesus makes won't you pray this very simple and this very short prayer with me Lord Jesus today I am making a decision to hand over my yoke and my burden and to take your yoke because your yoke is easy. I respond to enter into that place of rest that you promise. I ask you to forgive me for my sins, to cleanse me and to make me new. I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your death on the cross because it is through this death that I am saved today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I hope that there are some of you who have prayed this prayer along with me today. And if you did pray, won't you please let us know? There's a number on the screen right now and you can WhatsApp this number. It's our discipleship WhatsApp number and let us know that you prayed that prayer. We wanna help you and put some tools into your hands, bring you into a community of people who like you have made this decision and that have prayed this prayer. And we wanna show you what are some of the cool next steps that you can take as you work out to this journey of faith within the context of community. Remember, we don't do this alone. There's a family here that is waiting to walk this journey with you. Thank you for the courageous step
0: in praying this prayer with me. I look forward to hearing from you.